Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Tool. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Tool. Take our Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 27, the book of Exodus chapter number 27. I didn't know it was open. It's leaking all the way up as I'm walking up here. But uh, Exodus chapter 27, I'm looking for the drink holder on my pulpit. I, it's the only thing missing is, is where I put the uh, cup at. I asked Char to come up while I'm preaching just to hold my cup for me. But uh, she said, uh, no, uh, hard no, just straight no. But uh, Ex- Exodus chapter 27, we're going to look at uh, one verse and then expand upon that. But uh, one verse to start. And of course, if you've been with us, you've Uh, already seen the context. We're looking at the tabernacle uh, and God's giving instructions for the tabernacle, and he always does so from the inside out. That's the way God always works, from the inside out. Uh, When man constructs uh, the tabernacle, you're going to see it reversed from the outside in, but uh, look at verse number 16. Uh, And for the, say it with me, the, the gate of the court shall be a hanging of 20 cubits, of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen wrought with needlework, and their pillar shall be four. We'll stop there. The gate, the gate, uh, the gate. Now, this isn't the first entryway that we've seen if you've been with us. Uh, it's actually the third entryway that we've seen. This isn't the veil. Uh, that's the entry to the Holy of Holies, the presence of God. Uh, this isn't the door, which is Uh, the entry to the tabernacle itself, the holy place where the service of God was done, Hebrews chapter 9, uh, the priest did the service of God there. Uh, This is the entry to the outer courtyard. Uh, And of course, when you entered, you would come face to face with that brazen altar, that that place where the lambs were slain morning and night, that that burnt offering. Uh, but, But what's striking to me, put down point number one, if you will, is the picture, the picture. Uh, The picture that these three entryways give us for the gate the gate. It's not the veil to the Holy of Holies. It's not the door to the holy place. It's the gate to the courtyard. But what I find interesting is uh, it's made out of the same type material, uh, definitely the same color. Uh, It's practically the exact same uh, door uh, that leads to the outer courtyard, that leads to the holy place, that leads to the Holy of Holies. Same material, same composition, same colors. And if you want me to prove it, turn back one chapter. Look at chapter 26. Look for the veil. The veil, uh, verse number 31. The veil. And thou shalt make a veil, now look at the colors, of blue and purple and scarlet and fine-twined linen, same phrase, same words, same colors, of cunning work. The exact same verse, except instead of saying the gate, here it's talking about Uh, The veil. Uh, Look at the door now. Look at verse number 36 of chapter 26. Uh, The veil, same composition. The the door, again, same composition. Look at verse number 36. And thou shalt make a hanging for the door of the tent. And here we go. Here it is. uh, Of blue, same as the veil, same as the gate. And purple, same as the veil, same as the gate. And scarlet, same as the veil, same as the gate. And fine twined linen wrought with needlework or cunning work, as it says about the veil. Uh, And again, don't miss the fact that uh, it's the same colors, the same composition, practically the same entryway. Now, uh, back to where we're at in the gate, that that third one, verse number 16, 
And the gate of the court shall be a hanging of 20 cubits, that's chapter 27, of blue, purple, scarlet, fine twined linen, wrought with needlework. The exact same door that leads to salvation, the outer courtyard, is the exact same door that leads to the holy place, our place of service, our serving the Lord. The exact same door, whether it's a gate, door, veil, uh, that leads into the very presence of God, the satisfaction uh, of God. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are, are pleasures forevermore. Uh, every one of these entryways, it's, the exa- it's, it's, it's practically the exact same door. Think about it a minute. Uh, leading to salvation. Leading to service. Uh, leading to satisfaction. And I think where we go wrong, we have this mentality that that we know all too well. It's the Lord Jesus Christ by grace through faith. It's Christ. He's the door for salvation. But then uh, anything beyond that, boy, that's on me while I work my way in as I walk my way up. Oh, oh yes, he started it, but I finished it. Uh, he got it, the ball rolling, but then it's all about me from here on. And we miss the fact that the same door that, that leads to salvation is the same door that leads to our service, the same door uh, that leads to our sanctification. That we know it's by grace through faith in Christ. That we know it's by grace through faith in Christ for salvation. But for some reason, uh, we think from then on, God needs our help. We understand uh, he needs no help. Uh, he did all the work. Uh, it's all him for salvation. Uh, but for some reason, we start adding our efforts and, and our rightness and, and our ability and, and our organization. It's a lot like uh, if you've ever... Uh, had someone push start your car. Does anybody remember those days push starting a car? Do they even make manual transmissions anymore? Uh, the gear shift where you, uh, you put it in first gear, you got the clutch depressed, and then as you get uh, going, push harder, Char. And um, as you... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's why we had Stephen. Push harder, Stephen. And um, as it gets going, then you pop the clutch, and then it, the engine starts, and then you take off. Uh, a lot of times we have that same view of, of Christ's push-starting our Christianity. Oh, yes, he push-starts our Christianity, uh, but then how far I go, that's up to me then. And, and how much I do, that's up to me then. And uh, the achievements I, 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 I reach towards, that's up to me then. And we miss the fact that it's the exact same door. Turn in your Bibles to Galatians, if you will. It's going to be to your right, obviously. Uh, New Testament, past the Gospels, past Acts, Romans, Corinthians. Uh, Galatians is a whole book talking about that. Uh, in Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, verse number uh, 1 says Paul also uh, uh, wrote that, same as Philippians on Sunday morning. But then uh, in verse number 2, it's not written to the unsaved, preaching the gospel, hoping they get saved. Uh, this is written to those that are in the church already, those that are saved already. Uh, and it's not about the gospel to be saved. Uh, it's written to the saved on how they should live. Look at verse number three. Let's look at it. Uh, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Boy, he saves us. He, he gave himself for our sins that he might, that he might sanctify us. He saved us, gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil uh, world. Uh, look at verse number 5, to whom be glory forever, verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him. 
He's writing to those that are saved, and he's saying, I marvel that you're so soon removed. Oh, yes, you knew it was Christ for salvation, but, but now that you're saved, boy, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, uh, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you would pervert the gospel of Christ. And, of course, he's referencing, we'll see in chapter 2, uh, those that are of the concision, those Judaizers, those uh, law preachers. Uh, he's referencing uh, them. Uh, and, and those are the ones that in Acts 15 said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, circumcision, the concision, uh, those law require. Talking about that. And, and by the way, Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus anything for salvation equals nothing. Because anything you add on to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, that finished work on the cross, boy, anything, whether it's baptism or good works or uh, whether it's uh, confirmation or catechism, oh, yes, it's Christ, but it's also, it's also, it's also. Uh, Jesus plus anything else, uh, anything that you add displaces the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not just for salvation, uh, but also for our service and our sanctification. Look at verse number 15, 15. It pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. He called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him. It's about him, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's everything in between. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Not only just for redemption, but also for sanctification. Also for empowerment, for our service. Also for our transformation. Boy, it's all about Christ. And don't misunderstand, this thing of purity and holiness, it's a big deal, but it's never enforced from the outside in. It's always empowered from the inside out. By the way, someone that follows regulations or rules or, or religion, because it's been enforced from the outside in, uh, it, that's not a spiritual thing. That's not a, an eternal thing. That's just someone conforming. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed. Conformed to religion. Be not conformed. Conformed. We're to be transformed from the inside uh, out. Philippians chapter 2. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God, God, that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so, uh, again, from the inside out, from the inside out, uh, it's never an outside pressure. Uh, It's always an inside presence that makes a difference in our life. Does that make sense to anybody at all? Uh, We start out with Christ, but then, hey, I got it now. I I got it now. The engine started. I'm moving along now. Uh, I got this now. Uh, Look at chapter 2. Look at verse number 4 of Galatians. The whole book is a reminder of that same door that brings us to the outer courtyard. It's the same door uh, that brings us into service. That's uh, the same door uh, that brings us into a satisfied life walking with him. Verse 4, and that because of false brethren, uh, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, our liberty which we have in Christ, that they might bring us into bondage. Christ inside of us. Christ empowering us, Christ enabling us, Christ imparting to us his righteousness, these are those that crept in unawares that, are, oh yeah, you got saved by, by grace through faith, it's Christ. I, I get that, but, but, but now it's these rules, now, now the commandments, and now, now it's the law. They're trying to bring them into bondage. And again, 
to the extent you're displacing Christ at salvation or sanctification or, or service, or you're displacing Christ, uh, and anything you're putting in place of Christ is being magnified. Boy, it's my rightness. It's how well I do. It's, it's uh, they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves uh, among themselves, rather than realizing, Robbie, Robbie, uh, rather than realizing, boy, I, I, I'm, I'm dead. I, I bring nothing to the table. Uh, I, I can't do this on my own. Uh, our prayer time, boy, trusting, relying 100% on him, boy, that's the way we're to live our Christian life. Look at verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, of course, for salvation, of course, for salvation is Christ. It's not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified, justified. Salvation, of course, it's Christ. Uh, by the faith of Christ and not by works of the law. Uh, of course, for salvation. Look down at verse number 20. Uh, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, uh, I live. It's not just for salvation. He is not just, he, our relationship with him is not just for salvation, but for how we live. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but, yet not I, but, but Christ liveth in me. Well, we need Christ as much for our sanctification as we needed Christ for our salvation. Uh, we need Christ as much for our ministry, our work for the Lord, our service to him, our transformation, as we needed Christ for our salvation. And as we yield and submit, he'll transform us from the inside out. But as oppressive people, insecure people, press and try to, try to make you to, to, to conform, boy, it's never a spiritual thing. It's never a, uh, is it Galatians chapter 1, if I... Uh, then, please, men, I'm not a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at 21. Uh, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead uh, in vain. Uh, Jesus plus anything equals nothing for salvation, for sanctification, for our, our service. Uh, now look at chapter 3. Look at verse number 1. And, and here we go. Oh, foolish Galatians. He's writing to the church. He's writing to those that are saved. He's writing to those that have been swayed. Hey, they knew it's all Christ, but now, but now, now you do this and you do that and live this way. Don't live that way. This rule, that regulation. Uh, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath evidently uh, been set forth, crucified among you? This only what I learn of you. Here's the rhetorical question. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And of course it's by the hearing of faith. By grace through faith, it's Christ. Are ye so foolish having begun salvation, having begun in the Spirit? I'm saved by grace through faith in Christ. Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Whether it's cleaned up flesh, whether it's religious flesh, whether it's conformed to a set of rules flesh, that we need Christ the same way we're saved. is the same way we're saved. Hey, same door for salvation, same door for services, our same door uh, for our sanctification. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Adam, I think we have it for the screens, verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, of him, of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. He is our, when we're in him, he is our, say it with me, our wisdom 
and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's our redemption. He's also our sanctification. He's our salvation. He's also our transformation. Boy, for salvation, it's 100% unreservedly relying upon Jesus Christ. Hey, that's salvation. For sanctification, being transformed, living a, 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 a life impacted by the grace of God, it's, it's 100% unreservedly relying on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, well, if I could just uh, be a little more charactered or willpower or a little more disciplined or uh, the habits that I have, if I could change those. No, no, it's, it's if you yield to the Lord Jesus Christ and he begins to transform uh, and his life begins to be lived out through you. Uh, that's why verse 31 uh, after this says that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 29 before this, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's talking about sanctification. That's talking about uh, that transformation. Uh, it's the same phrase in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that, that uh, lest any man should boast, lest any man should boast. Hey, we're sanctified the same way we're saved. We serve the same way we're saved. We have nothing that we bring to the... Look at verse number 11. We're still in Galatians. Same door, same door, same door. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. The just. Those that are saved by faith, by grace through faith, the just shall live by faith. Uh, Those that aren't justified by the law, but those that are justified by grace through faith in Christ, the just, here's how you live, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Isn't it funny how we trust totally in him for salvation? But then, yeah, we trust a little bit. We trust a little bit. But, boy, I got this. I've done this for a while. I, I, I know the verbiage to say. I know the schedule to keep. I know uh, what's expected. I know uh, how to look so I, I, I fit in. Uh, it, it, it's funny how we trust 100% Christ for salvation, but we don't trust in the Lord with all of our heart uh, as we go forward. Hey, I got this. Hey, the engine started. You can stop pushing. Well, I need him to push in my service, and my sanctification, uh, ministry. Uh, uh, it, it's all Christ. It's none of me because in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But Christ in us. Christ in us. Look at chapter 4. Look at verse number 9. Look at chapter 4. We're almost done uh, with point number 1. So, uh, cha- <laughs> and so uh, look at chapter 4, verse number 9. And, of course, Romans 1.17 would echo this, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just, uh, the just, from faith for salvation to faith for sanctification, the just shall live by faith. Look at verse 9. But now after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements? Whereunto ye desire, ye desire again to be in bondage? Again, a rhetorical question. The weak and beggarly elements, the weak and beggarly elements that they're desiring to be back in bondage under that oppression, uh, that pressure question, uh, are the weak and beggarly elements, is that their adultery and their alcoholism and their uh, reveling and their, their envy and jealousy and lust? Or are, are the weak and beggarly elements that they're uh, under bondage again, letting someone put them in bondage again, or is that the regulations of religiosity and, and religious requirements? And, and if you're going to be spiritual, oh, yeah, you're safe. But if you're going to be spiritual, you have to do this, 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 and this. You have to look like me, act like me, talk like me. Uh, you have to be me. 
By the way, you understand that's not Christianity, right? Boy, we're to be like him. We're to look to him. Uh, and that weak and beggarly elements, that's not talking about their sin. That's talking about that, that legislating law and requirements, that concision. The Judaizers, those law requirers living back under that outward pressure. Uh, and if you want me to prove it, uh, you say, Pastor, prove it. Look at the next verse. Verse 10. Ye observe days for that religion and months, that religion, that, that ritual, and times, and, and years. By the way, couple that with Colossians where Paul said, let no man judge you in meat or drink or in respect of, uh, of holy days or in new moons or in Sabbaths. Those are all those regulations, those religious requirements. Hey, our spirituality isn't about that. It's not about, Pete, you're living just one more rule uh, uh, tighter than I am. You must be more spiritual than I am. Or, Pete, I don't do this, and you do that. I, I don't do, I, uh, boy, uh, that's a conviction for me, and you do that, then I'm more spiritual. No, it's not about that. Uh, everything is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in fact, uh, you can tell the difference between two, true doctrine and false doctrine by does it exalt Christ or does it exalt anybody other than the Lord Jesus Christ. True holiness comes not from the outward, not from the outside in, outward pressure, but from the inside out. Uh, and those weak and beggarly elements. By the way, uh, verse number 24 of chapter 3, uh, wherefore the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. And so this thing about, okay, good, now that you're saved, good, good, boy, praise the Lord, now that you're saved, let me put you under these heavy burdens, this heavy bondage. Hebrews 7, Adam, I think we have it. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment uh, going before for the weakness and beggarly elements, the weakness and unprofitableness thereof, look at 19, for the law made nothing perfect. Would you say that with me? For the law made nothing perfect, okay? Uh, we mentally read that, we visually see that, but emotionally, uh, at times, it's hard to embrace that, okay? Let's say it again. For the law made nothing perfect, but, but, but the bringing in of a better hope did. Christ in you, the hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's the one that perfects us. And so if you're relying on the law, if you're relying on the requirements, if you're trying to oppress someone else, well, you're approaching this thing of Christianity wrong. Galatians 4, 19. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And not until all the commandments are seen in you or all the rules, or, 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 uh, but until Christ, until Christ. For to me to live, Philippians 1, 21, for to me to live, is Christ. Look at chapter 5, quickly. Chapter 5, uh, we're almost done. If you would follow quicker, I would get done quicker. Look at, look at verse number 1, chapter 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ, Christ, he saved us, Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You want to cross-reference in Acts 15, that yoke of bondage are the laws that those Judaizers were laying on them. A, a yoke uh, that's unable to be born, a yoke uh, that you're putting on the other disciples. Our liberty is Christ empowering us, Christ enabling us, Christ imparting to us. Hey, it's the same door. Have you heard that? 
It's the same door that uh, gets us to salvation. It's the same door, the same door uh, that, that, that the entryway for service, the same door uh, that, that brings us into a transformed, sanctified life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians isn't written to the unsaved about how to be saved. Galatians is written to the saved about how they should live. The same door. The same door. It's Christ that gives salvation. It's Christ that gives sanctification. It's Christ that gives transformation. It's Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ magnified, magnified in our life. By the way, right up here, turn back to to, um, uh, Exodus 27. If you ever get an aerial view of the tabernacle, uh, you, would, you would understand a little bit uh, about what I'm talking about on it all points to Christ, it all points to Christ, it all points to Christ. Uh, from the eastern gate, uh, you have the, the brazen altar. Uh, and then, okay, if, if, if this was it, and of course it's about the size of this whole auditorium back to the choir loft, but, but if this was the eastern gate, then, then you run into the brazen altar. Uh, and then after that is the brass laver. Then you go through the door. To the left, you have the menorah. To the right, you have the table of showbread. Okay, so... Uh, there's a long walk from the gate, the outer courtyard, uh, brazen altar, brass laver, uh, and then you get to the door that leads you into the holy place, uh, menorah, uh, table of showbread, and then in front of you is the veil, that altar of incense, uh, and then you have the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, if you take an aerial view of that, even the furniture of the tabernacle is in the shape of the cross. Even the furniture in the tabernacle points you to the cross. And if you say, now, now wait a second, I'm not really sure about that. Uh, it, it's a small cross. If it is a cross, well, uh, it, it's a cross by the furniture. But if, then if you account for uh, how God commanded them to encamp around the tabernacle. Numbers chapter 2. In, in Numbers chapter 2, uh, on the east side, that, that long side uh, of, of the tabernacle, a total of 186,400, the tribe of Judah, Issachar, Zebulun. So 186,000 uh, this way. And then uh, on that, that, that west side, the top side, only 108,000, a little over 100,000. So you have 180, and then you have 108. And then to the, 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 the south side, there's 151,000. And then to the, 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 the uh, uh, north side, there's about 151,000. And so these two uh, are kind of middle, middle. Uh, uh, they're equal. But here it's longer, the way they encamp. Uh, and here it's shorter. Again, again, uh, not just is the furniture of the tabernacle uh, in the shape of a cross, but the way the tribes are encamped around the tabernacle, uh, it's also in the shape of a cross. You say, Pastor, would you give us some kind of a cross reference? Balak. Uh, taking Balaam. Uh, He took him to a high place. Hey, curse Israel, curse Israel. Numbers chapter 22, took him to the high places to see the uttermost part uh, of Israel. And as he looks down, as Balaam looks down, uh, I can't curse them, I can't curse them. Uh, As I see them, uh, I see them in camp 23.8. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? How shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? For from the top of the rocks, I see them. From the top of the rocks, from the hills, I behold them. Boy, Balak is furious that he's not going to curse them. And so he takes them to another uh, elevated area, the top, the top, to see. Uh, and, and in Numbers 24, 2, Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel abiding in his tents, his tents, according to their tribes. According to Numbers chapter 2, 186, 108, 151, 150. Uh, he saw them abiding in their tents according to their tribes. Uh, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And by the way, if you say, 
Uh, would he even know what a cross was back then? Uh, I'm not sure that it really mattered because Revelation says uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit, the spirit of prophecy. John 15, when the Comforter comes, he's not going to testify of himself. He's going to testify of me, the Lord Jesus Christ said. And so when the Spirit, the Spirit came upon Balaam, he saw them encamped in the shape of a cross, the furniture in the shape of the cross uh, in Numbers 22.5. How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. And he blesses and blesses. I think I lost a couple of people there. Does anybody see that at all? Well, it all points to the Lord Jesus Christ. Put down number two. Uh, that's simply number one, the picture. Same fabric, same material, same colors. The door that leads to salvation. The door that leads to our service. The door that leads to our walk with God. The sanctification. The transformation. Same door, same door, same door. But then number two, notice the pillars. The pillars, quickly. Look at verse number 16. Verse number 16. And for the gate of the court, and that's where we're uh, talking about in this uh, part of the instruction of the tabernacle. For the gate of the court shall be a hanging of 20 cubits of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen wrought with needlework, and their pillars shall be four, and this is talking about the gate, four pillars for the gate. By the way, there's five pillars for the door, and and then there's four pillars for the veil, okay? Uh, We talk about the, the four pillars that hold up the testimony, the gospels, holding up the veil. The veil is this flesh. It was ripped in two uh, when he, when he uh, said it is finished uh, on the cross. But there's four pillars. There's five pillars. There's four pillars. 17, all the pillars round about the court shall be filleted with silver. Their hooks shall be of silver. Their sockets of brass. Uh, and if you ever sit down and count all of the pillars around the tabernacle, uh, you don't have to do it. I'm going to do it for you, okay? So uh, if you ever sit down... Uh, uh, the lengthwise, lengthwise, those hundred, uh, those hundred cubits or 150 feet uh, length of the tabernacle, there's 20 pillars holding up the fence. Over here, 20 pillars, 20 pillars. Uh, what's interesting is on both ends, there's 10 and 10, but they would share the same corner post, okay? And, and so you have uh, 20, 20, you basically would have 8 because sharing the corner post would be 10. There's 8, uh, and then there's 8. Let's see, if we do math, let's try to do the math. Uh, see, 20 plus 20, how many is that? Okay, that's 40. Who said 56? Anyway, uh, 20 plus 20 is 40, plus 8 is 48, plus 8 is, you just jumped ahead. You cheated. You went ahead and gave us the answer. Our, our long addition was messed up. Uh, and so uh, you have 56, okay, 20, 20, 8, 8, that's 56. Uh, and so you've got to pass by those 56 pillars, and then there's 4 here. How, how many is that? Let's see, 56 plus 4, how many is that? 60. Uh, you, you get to the door of the tabernacle, there's five more pillars. You see, you see there's 56, there's four, that's 60, and then uh, five more here. That would be how much? That would be 65. Uh, and then you come into the veil, there's four more pillars, and then, uh, let's see, that's, that's, okay, that's 56, that's, that's 60, that's 65, that's four, uh, 69. 69 pillars. By the way, if you know anything about prophecy, Daniel's 70 weeks. Daniel, 70 weeks, 69. David Hendrickson did a great job doing the math on this in one of his Sunday, maybe it was a Wednesday night. Uh, Daniel, 70 weeks. Daniel, 9.25. From the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of Messiah, the mercy seat, the mercy seat, 
when they crucified him. Romans 4, he's the propitiation for our sins. The Greek word there, only used twice. The second time in Hebrews, mercy seat, mercy seat. And so uh, from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of Messiah, the mercy seat is 69 weeks or 69 sevens, 69 weeks of years. Uh, and it lands perfectly uh, from when that commandment came to Jesus, our Messiah, dying, giving his life as a, our mercy seat for us. But wait a second, if we're really trying to tie this thing together, shouldn't there be a 70th, a 70th pillar? Uh, there's only 69 pillars, and I get that Daniel's 69 weeks prophesies from this date, commandment to rebuild, to, to this date when Jesus comes to die on the cross. But how about that 70th week, that 70th week when, when the prophecy is Christ coming in the clouds, uh, that prophecy of Christ coming in the clouds, uh, that 70th week. Hey, where's that 70th pillar? Be perfect if there was a 70th pillar. Now, now, now remember, uh, uh, Pete, how many are there around the whole fence? There's uh, 20, 20. Uh, eight, eight, that's 56. Uh, and so 56, we need a 70th pillar. There's 56, and then you cross four more at the, at the gate, right? That's uh, 60. Uh, that's, uh, that's 60. Uh, and then you have five there at the door. That's 65. And then uh, you come to the veil. You come to the veil, and then there's four there. That's 69. And we stand at the Ark of the Covenant where there's a mercy seat, the cherubim covering the Ark of the Covenant. There is one more pillar. It's the manifest presence of God. The pillar, pillar of cloud by day. That pillar, that pillar of fire by night. The Shekinah glory, the Kabod, the manifest presence of God. That pillar of cloud. Uh, the Daniel 70th week, when Christ comes in the cloud, physically, the manifest presence of God, physically to dwell for a thousand years. Hey, the tabernacle pictures that perfectly with the 70th pillar uh, being that, that pillar of cloud, being that, that pillar of fire by night. The manifest, there will I meet with thee, and there will I commune with thee. Are we making too much of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? Let me give you number three, quickly. Number one, we have the picture. Same door, same color, same composition, uh, the pillar. Uh, uh, same door that gets you into salvation, the outer courtyard, is the same door that gets you into service, service, the, the, the door. is the same door, the veil, uh, that gets you into the presence of God. And then the pillars, 70 of them, 69 plus, uh, the manifest presence, Shekinah glory, the cloud, pillar cloud. And then number three, the proclaiming. And then we're done. The proclaiming. Look at verse number 20. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil, olive, beaten for the light. And this is just kind of a, a, a nuanced thought. To cause the lamp to burn always. To cause the lamp to burn always. 21. Uh, in the tabernacle of the congregation without the bill, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. shall be a statue forever unto the generations on the behalf of the children of Israel. Uh, and, of course, we know that the menorah, we talked about this, is one center trunk uh, and six lower trunks even, six, six branches into a vine. Uh, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, six the number of man. Uh, those six outer branches, three and three, same level, because none of us are higher or lower uh, we're all depraved sinners, but for the grace of God, but for the grace of God, where the ground is level for the cross, and, and, and I am the vine, you're the branches, he that abideth me, and I in you, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Uh, I am the light of the world, you're the light of the world, and so uh, what, what does our light shine? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify, boy, those six lights are to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ, the true light. 
the six lights, those six candles, man, boy, at most, at most, the only person I should be pointing praise to is the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, good preaching, uh, Bible truth, Sunday school classes. Uh, you shouldn't be walking out feeling like you just got run over by a bulldozer. And God's not mad every week, okay? Anybody agree with that? He's not mad every week. But if it's Bible and it's the Holy Spirit, uh, you don't walk out, man, I can't do this. I'm not as good as brother so-and-so, and he's so much better than I am. Boy, if it's Bible and the Holy Spirit, you walk out seeing the Lord Jesus Christ a little more high and lifted up, uh, having a better view of who he is, uh, and having inside of you because of that an appetite to not spend time outside of the fence, but to come on in. Salvation. Not just stay in the outer courtyard, but come on in to the holy place and serve the Lord. And the veil ripped in two, come on in to the very presence of God. Boy, if it's, if it's true doctrine, Christ is always elevated, and you're always drawn to be closer to him. I don't know that that happens every time here at Rosedale Baptist, but I sure hope it is. I hope it does. That's my goal. Someone asked, and this was years ago, they said, hey, where are we headed as a church? Where are we headed as a church? It's probably, probably about 15 years ago. It, it was when we only had this second auditorium. Um, I was up, in, up, up here in the balcony when they asked me, where are we headed as a church? And uh, we moved into this in 2006, so it was at least 13 years ago. And, uh, and, and I knew what they meant, but they, they meant, are we headed to more activities? Are we headed to uh, small group? Are we headed to uh, having softball? Are we headed? Where are we headed as a church? Uh, and, and the only thing that, that, that I could say is um, our church, Lord willing, will always be headed to the Lord Jesus Christ, to be closer to him, to spend a, a closer walk with our hero, our savior, our king, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have about six more, uh, maybe eight more weeks to talk about the tabernacle. Does anybody want to guess where it all points? Anybody want to guess? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, they were so blown away to see Moses and Elijah and, uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and Peter, because they didn't know what to say, as as uh, uh, they were floored. He didn't know what to say, and so he just blurted out. He said, hey, let's make three tabernacles. Let's make three tabernacles, three memorials, uh, one for uh, the Lord. Yeah, okay, I got it. But one Moses, one Elijah, and, and, and the voice of God overshadowed everything, saying, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him, floored them. And when they got back up, they saw Jesus only. Jesus only. Moses and the prophets and the Lord Jesus Christ all of it should be pointing us. He's the, the Word. He's the Word. He's God incarnate. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's my Savior. Well, let's make sure that we're walking close to Him. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.